from Missouri and she's feeling kind of bruised. She says, hey, hey, hey. Hello and welcome to Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I'm Betty. I'm a flight attendant for a major airline and I bring you stories from the airplane, from the flight attendants, from the pilots and from traveling around the world. This episode is called the naked truth. Because when I'm putting together an episode, I record all of these stories, all kinds of different stories, anything anyone's willing to tell me, basically. And then I try to go through and try to search out a theme. And strangely enough, I realized I have a lot of stories about people in various states of undress on the airplane (laughs) and in hotels. And I will also include my own most embarrassing moment. And at the end of the episode, there's a story about an extremely famous woman in her underwear on the airplane. Okay, let's get to it. There's no buts about it. There's all kind of funny stories in the naked truth. She says, hey, 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 to the vendor at parking 81st. A good day, good day to the mailman as she passes and she sees. Now, something that's probably unique to the airline industry is commuting to work. And now I know a lot of you commute to work, but you drive to work. But flight attendants and pilots fly to another state for work. And quite often, it's a very long distance, like uh, New York to L.A., L.A. to New York. And we have a lot of flight attendants in the L.A. base who commute from different Hawaiian islands. So we're talking minimum five-hour flight to get to work. You know, it's very tiring. And we have a lot of flights that originate on the East Coast. So we take the first flight out on the East Coast, work two or three flights to Los Angeles. And you know, Los Angeles time, you're getting up at say, midnight or one o'clock in the morning to start your day. But if you live in Hawaii, that's another two or three hour time change. So you're getting up at like 10 o'clock at night to start your day. You know, it's just ridiculously tiring. And so this flight attendant, this one particular commuter was telling me that she was on her flight from LA to Honolulu after she had worked a really long day starting on the East Coast and she was just exhausted. But she was very fortunate to get first class. And she's sitting next to a regular passenger and first class is totally full. And she's so tired, but she decided she'd get out a couple books and maybe try to read a little bit before she went to sleep. So she got out her carry-on bag, got out her books. She had a few books and she's struggling to get it out. And then she read, you know, a page or two and fell asleep. But she fell really hard, really into a deep sleep, so much so that she wasn't even sure how long she'd been sleeping. But when she woke up, she realized she was drooling. So she was embarrassed sitting next to this first-class passenger. Here she was asleep and drooling. But then as she's adjusting her eyes, she, she looks into the aisle and there's something in the aisle. Then she realizes, ooh, it's, it's a pair of underwear in the aisle in first class. And then she realizes they're her underwear. When she had been getting out her books, she had flung a pair of dirty underwear out of her bag into the aisle. And the whole time she's been asleep, her underwear has been in the aisle. <laughs> She said she hurried up, got her arm out there, grabbed those underwear, put them back in her bag, and then pretended like she was asleep the whole rest of the flight because she was so embarrassed. And she sees the city glowing in the morning, and she feels that she might burst. It's when the the captains could come out 
on easily on international flights, and he was back in the back alley talking to a flight attendant. Remember on the plane when the restroom was right across? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he turned around. He, he turned around and pushed the bathroom door open when he was talking to the flight attendant, stepped into the bathroom. A woman screamed because she didn't lock the door. So he jumped out. What was he stepped into the bathroom? He stepped into her pants, and when he jumped out, he pulled her out with him. <laughs> So I'm coming in, here I am, I think, you know, I'm thinking I Joe Pro Aviator, I've got 40 hours, I'm, you know, I'm on my solo, well I come into, into him and ask him, it's like 3,000 feet, and I'm coming in, I realize I'm high as a kite, no way I'm going to make it, so I said I'm going to go around, so I start to go around, and I reach down, remember the flap handle was like a, a parking brake? Yeah. Well, I released the flap handle, and it goes all the way to the floor. <laughs> Flaps came all the way up. I fell out of the sky, and I swooped that thing up, and I swear the back almost hit. Uh, and I had to change the underwear after that after that one. So, <laughs> I was yeah. so shook up, I could, I, I could barely fly. I could barely get back home because of the way I... So I learned a, a big lesson about flaps and what their yeah. what their purpose is. As he rolls his eyes, getting up for work, putting on a smirk, cause he knows that Betty City it comes first. So of course, as a flight attendant, I spend a lot of time in hotel rooms. And most of the time we all get our keys, we go up to our rooms and quite often the key doesn't work and you'll have to go back downstairs and say, you know, my key doesn't work, I need another room. Or there are some flight attendants that will go back down and complain about something in the room so they'll need another key. So one day, uh, I think it was in Atlanta, I went, put the key in the door, it worked, I opened the door and there's a man naked. <laughs> And not the best looking man <laughs> isn't exactly who you would want to see naked if you had your druthers, but there he was. So I was like, oh, uh, um, uh, sorry, <laughs> I shut the door and I go back downstairs and I said, uh, I'm sure they were expecting me to say my key didn't work, but I was like, um, can I get a room without a naked man in it? <laughs> Or at least a room with a better looking naked man, please. Betty likes to watch the city wake up as the sun glides through the sky. Betty likes to watch the city wake up. Okay, so I'm asking you about the days, you know, back in the glamour days when they were very concerned about a flight attendant's appearance. So um, you have some friends where they were telling you some of the extreme things they did to check your appearance? Well, first of all, I guess everybody is aware of the horrendous weight restrictions and having to be weighed and and which was pretty embarrassing and people would starve themselves for their weight check but um, of course one of the other things that back in those days was that you couldn't jiggle if you jiggled down the aisle that was definitely a no-no so everybody had to wear a girdle and stories have been told about them having their girdle check and they would be flicked on the butt with their supervisor's hand to make sure that they had their girdle on. <laughs>
okay, we were on the 727 in the back, two flight attendants sitting on the jump seat, long flight, we're just sitting there and all these people are in the line to go to the bathroom. This little old guy walks up to use the restroom and they're both being used and the guy said, are you sure somebody's in there? So the flight attendant leans over the door, pulls the ashtray down, pretends she's looking in there and she, and, and she goes, yeah, they're wiping, they're almost done. And the little old man turns around and walks away. <laughs> On one of the flights, I don't remember where it was from or to, uh, flight attendant in first class got a bell from the aft lavatory, and she went back there and knocked on the door, and the gentleman opened the door and set was sitting on a throne and asked her for a magazine. <laughs> I mentioned earlier that I would tell you about my own personal most embarrassing moment. I was in the ninth grade. I was very sort of shy growing up, and I was also developed. I was kind of busty at an early age. So I was also very competitive. And I don't know if many of you remember the Presidential Physical Fitness Award. It was try to keep kids in shape, and you had to do all these different athletic endeavors. And if you did all of them well, you got the Presidential Physical Fitness Award. It was like a you had to run a mile, you had to do chin-ups. And one of them was the 50-yard dash. And I happened to be absent the day we did the 50-yard dash. So I still had to complete the 50-yard dash to get my Presidential Physical Fitness Award. And they were doing makeups for the 50-yard dash at lunchtime. So all the kids from the school were out and here I am about to do the 50-yard dash. But I didn't know I was doing the 50-yard dash that day. And I was wearing what happened to be fashionable at the time, which was a tube top. And I bet most of you can guess where this is going. But I'm competitive, like I said before. And I I want to do, you know, get a good time for this 50-yard dash. So I'm ready to go at the start line. I'm running, I'm running, and I notice a lot of people making a lot of noise, and I'm thinking, yeah, you know, I must be doing good. And the reason why there was a lot of noise from the crowd is because my tube top was around my waist. Ah, talk about an embarrassing moment in the ninth grade. You're a pilot, but you used to be a flight attendant? That's right. For, so... On the 737, that's on the 200, it was really noisy in the cabin. And I flew with this girl, and, and, and she, she used to have this scheme where if you, you could go in the bathroom and whisper on the PA. It's so noisy in the cabin, you can't, you can't hear it. Oh, wow. So, so you, so you hear in the bathroom. So I go in the bathroom up front, and she's there in the back, and she goes... I see you on the PA. <laughs> and, and I just started laughing. And she's with the other girl in the back. She's all, I can see you. Pull your pants back up. And then the other girl goes, let me try that. Come out with your pants down. And then I'm like, oh, oh God. <laughs> so I stood in the bathroom for about so five no, minutes. No, but did the people in the cabin hear me? I opened the door and this lady is standing there. Waving her finger, so I can hear what you and your little girls are saying. <laughs> Everybody in that front cabin are looking. 
or watching. I wonder if that works for us. I've never done tried that whispering and listening. Well, in these the cabins are so quiet. I don't know if they'd be. You can only hear them in the cabin. This is a story of several mechanics working midnight shift. No names. One of them, well, one's a nickname, which nobody will know anyway. But Mac was working this airplane. And we had a bunch of things to do in the cabin overhead, in the overheads. So we had all the overheads down in the whole cabin. Well, Mac... Did you say down? They were all down. I've never seen them down. I mean, like, off? No, no, off. Uh, Off. We had all the overheads swung down. And we're doing work in the wiring in the airplane on the overhead panel, overheads. Anyway, Mac was an older guy, a little bit of a pot belly, but he had no butt. None whatsoever. Well, he's working away, and the rest of he was in first class, and the rest of us are all in coach. And all of a sudden, we all stopped, and we're looking up at first class, and we bust out laughing. All of us, everyone in the whole coach. Busting out laughing. And he turns around and says, what are you laughing at? His pants had fallen down and fell all the way to his knees. He had long underwear on. But he had no clue that his pants fell all the way to his knees. And he said, what are you laughing at? We said, Mac, pull your pants up, man. Wear some suspenders. Do something. One of the curses they say is if you're part high-performance jets and you put a lot of G's is that you, uh, you decide to father children that you mainly have girls. This is There's no medical studies into it. It's just one of those myths that have to go with aviation. Do you think that's true? Well, having three daughters and knowing, <laughs> knowing that I didn't want a fourth, my wife and I decided that... Uh, yeah. I'm the exception. I have a daughter and two sons, but, yeah, but nearly everybody can all buy it. Are you serious? I didn't know that. And I, there was a, I was based out in Yuma at the time, and there was a, our flight surgeon and his wife were both flight surgeons out there. And they, they once again were brunt of a lot of jokes, and they were good folks, and they really uh, took it in stride. But we decided, we had all the children we wanted. We went through the process of looking at Navy Balboa, which is over in San Diego. And at the time, Navy was not doing any elective surgery. Well, that's what that was considered. But the Army up in Fort Irwin, California, they would do it for you. And uh, the flight surgeon just graciously set it up for me to go up there on a on a Friday and we'd get it done and then I'd have the weekend to get myself ready to come back. And I should have known something was going on because he was just too helpful. I showed up and uh, drove up there Fort Irwin, California, on a Thursday, and I mean, he, he set up a place to stay, and Friday morning went in, the first thing they do is they give you a volume, tell you about the procedures. First, you know, you got to have somebody tell you, if you do this, you'll never have kids. Yeah, and of course, you're explaining to them, that's the reason I'm here, yeah, but you yeah, know, that's, you know, so we've got, this, we got this reverse psychology going on here. So, you know, at the time, I had on a pair of overalls and they said wear something loose and walked in and uh they lay you down and you know, you know something's gone because they make you you know you shave yourself get in ready to go in there have this like the surgery 
But as I'm laying there now feeling no pain, the doctor walks in. The doctor's blonde haired, blue eyed, 28 year old, voluptuous <laughs> young lady. <laughs> Followed behind her was 15 student nurses. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> All female. Yeah. Not knowing for a while that I was had and I was uh, yeah. they proceeded to uh, hold class on the proper way to prepare somebody for a vasectomy, which inc which included a hands-on demonstration by all. By all? Which, yes, part of their oh, courses, yeah. to, to, you had to... Now, so, secondly, the procedure was done. She patted me on the back and said, by the way, flight surgeon, say hello. <laughs> so, so I walked out and they, you know, those men have had that they, they understand this. Next thing they next sight you have is somebody walking out with a bag of ice on both sides of their privates, <laughs> trying to get walk yeah. at the same time, look cool, and you just can't do it. That was no matter what you always put up, they always had a way of getting even. Yeah. <laughs> For the extremely famous woman in her underwear, uh, a flight attendant told me this story when I first started doing the podcast, and I have mentioned before that I am completely untech savvy, and when I started trying to do the podcast, I had no idea what I was doing, and uh, she told me this fabulous story, and there was so much background noise. It was such terrible audio. I couldn't use it. And I was sort of heartbroken because I loved the story. And I just had completely messed up the recording. So I'm going to tell it to you myself. This flight attendant that I was talking to used to fly for Pan Am. And at Pan Am, they had all types of fun celebrities. You know, it really was the glamorous time of flying. And this flight attendant was new and new-ish. And uh, she noticed that they had taped off with a curtain and tape the first class cabin. And they called her up and said, um, you're going to have to work first class. And she said, well, why? And they said, well, it's, the, there's only two people in first class. They booked the entire cabin and they request to have a female flight attendant. And she was like, oh, really? Why? And it, it turned out it was Jackie Kennedy Onassis. And her and she was traveling with a female friend, took their beautiful clothes. She said it was like this unbelievable outfits they had. And the flight was going from L.A. to Rome. And they took off their outfits, hung it in the closet, and wanted to do the whole flight in their underwear, in their slips, like a see-through slip. They sat there with their slips on for the entire flight. And she served them in their underwear. And she said when the pilots came out, because they had to go through that cabin, they covered up in blankets. And they, she was the in her underwear the entire flight, which is sort of mind boggling to me, considering it seems easier to just have a sweatsuit or comfortable clothes to change into instead of buying the whole cabin and having a female flight attendant and, and, and risking people seeing you in your underwear. But apparently this was what she wanted, and Lord knows you accommodate Jackie Kennedy Onassis. And uh, she said she was very nice, but there she was in her slip. I know a wife named Betty who wears alligator boots. She stays out all night dancing and she likes to play the blues. 
Well, that's about it for this episode of Betty in the Sky with a Suitcase. I hope you'll join me again next time so we can travel the world together. And I hope you keep your pants on. <laughs> Bye. Bye.